Welcome to the Rutledge Perspective. I'm your host, Laurel Rutledge, and this show is where we talk about things that are top of mind as you navigate your career or build your business. The plan is to get you out of your rut or talk you back off that ledge with insights and perspectives on the daily grind. Here, we speak the truth. Here, we challenge ideas. Here, we give ourselves grace. And along the way, we also have a little fun. Welcome to the village. Welcome to this week's episode of The Rutledge Perspective, and I am so glad to have you here. As always, thank you for spending time with me, and I have an amazing guest on this week, and you are going to learn so much from her. As I got a chance to talk to her before and then read through her bio, and as we go through this conversation, you just never know who's going to show up in your world. And so I am so excited to bring to you Claudine Charles, and Claudine is located in the UK, which you guys will hear shortly when she begins to talk to us, Um, and she spent the past 18 years working with large global corporations and designing their employee training programs. She launched her own business in 2017, and in that, she works directly with corporate clients on large-scale learning and development programs. And then in 2019, she launched a second business to support business owners to optimize their business brands online. She is passionate about supporting managers, leaders, employees, and business owners to operate in their best and really enjoys when her clients achieve eureka moments. Claudine, thank you, thank you, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. And thanks for the invitation. Thanks for that great introduction. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. For those of you who are listening, I'll put her full bio out there. I just like to spend more time, you know, doing the interview as we can. So, you know, let's start here. Talk about how you got to the point of saying, you know what, it's time for me to launch my own thing. Basically what happened, I had a couple of internal roles. The last one I had was at PwC. And then mm-hmm. I decided to become self-employed. And one of the reasons why is because I had a major, um, moment in my life where I had an accident um I um yeah so I woke up in a hospital Mm -hmm. so I didn't even know how that happened um I was staying in a a pretty dodgy I don't know if you use that word (laughs) place in the um in the UK um in rented accommodation and um you know people told me to live there but I was was saving up for a house at the time so I moved into that area and you know I I woke up in um in the hospital I remember going to bed and I just woke up in the hospital and a bruised face broken ribs and to this day I still don't know what happened to me um I um I went to the police I didn't even when the people I was living with were quite dodgy and I went to the police and I spoke to them Mm -hmm. about it and they were like you know what we are too busy um, fighting, you know, drug crime and actually, um, you know, homicides and all those different mm-hmm. things. We haven't got time to talk to you. So, you know, you're, you are fine. You know, you come out with um, the accent. You've got a great family. Just be grateful for what you have. And I thought, you know, they didn't even want to investigate. They said, we haven't got time for this. So they just didn't investigate. Um, but then I thought to myself, it's such a horrible moment in my life, waking up with tubes in me and not oh. knowing what happened. And I thought, you know what, I'm not going to let this be the story of my year. So the first thing I did was plan a holiday. So I went to Las Vegas um, mm-hmm. after um, New Year. Um, and then after that, I just became self-employed. I even turned vegan. I just kind of just changed 
um yeah. everything um it was just um it was just a life-changing moment and it wasn't like I wanted to become vegan I just woke up and it's some of these things happen I just said my body I'm not supposed to eat meat it literally I just got that message and I couldn't mm-hmm. even consume it but it's just weird how these things can these life-changing yeah. um, incidents can have such a massive impact and then I became self-employed and I changed like I said I've changed even my persona as I discussed yeah. with you you know I went from being someone that was kind of always um thinking about what other people thought about me being on other people's time being an employee yes. not being assertive to actually just when just thought to myself I'm just going to go for it and I think you know when you've gone through such a difficult moment I think you kind of think I've got nothing to lose so I just became self-employed started working with clients and it was actually by accident someone noticed I had a long gap in my CV obviously because mm-hmm. I was trying to recover and they said oh you self-employed they thought I was on a self-employed assignment so I said um yeah I am self-employed I suppose (laughs) I'm I'm not working so then they they got me a client contract and then they started rolling it just started rolling one after the other um and then um yeah and then afterwards I said I launched the um second company in 2019. I think what's so interesting for people to think about is you know everyone has a story and Mm -hmm. so you know, when we first met, we, we said there's, there's this world mm-hmm. and while our experiences are different, people look at us and they see two black women, right? Yeah. And then we talk, clearly I'm American, right? Clearly you're in the UK and, but people assume, well, but everybody's experience is the same. Yeah, and absolutely. that's not true, but there is a common thread in terms of the kind of things that we as women right? As women of color, as women in corporate, as women doing entrepreneurship, start Mm -hmm. to have to battle as -hmm. we begin to decide who we want to be and how we want to show up. And so this whole idea of, I had this moment, I woke up, didn't know what happened, still don't know what happened, couldn't get the help that I wanted. Mm -hmm. Because even those people who haven't necessarily been in an accident have likely been in a situation where they asked for help and couldn't get it. And so instead of going to ground and just saying, oh, well, now I don't know, you picked up, you reset, you know, took this holiday and then started really leaning into what made sense for you. So maybe with that, you know, on that journey to say, you know, I'm going to be vegan now, my body just didn't want meat. Talk Mm -hmm. about the awareness piece that you had in coming out of this and moving towards this you know, individually self-employed business owner? Yeah, I think deep down, I've kind of always had that awareness in terms of my career because I grew up in a family where my dad was an entrepreneur. You know, he came from very, he um, was brought up in the Caribbean, in Dominica, Mm -hmm. and he grew up in a very... um, he, he was just he just had a very poor upbringing um mm-hmm. I remember years ago I went and saw his childhood home and it was literally mm-hmm. a box and he, he lived there with his parents and brother sisters mm-hmm. and um he mm-hmm. came to the UK and it was actually a lot of people found it hard when they first came to UK he thought it was a new opportunity because in yeah. the Caribbean there is a class system even though with a lot of people who are um, black they kind of lumber you all in as one group they don't even put that kind of structure but in the Caribbean you do have people who are um, less rich than the other you have the different kind of class system and when you came over to the UK my dad was you know dirt 
poor. So he, yeah. but then he found that everyone was at the same level. So he had people he went to school who, with whose parents were judges and mm-hmm. lawyers and solicitors and, you know, doctors. And, you know, that was obviously a difference. But then when you came to UK, they were all going for the same jobs because they didn't acknowledge their qualifications. So right. um, as a result of him, he then had a similar eureka moment, ironically, even though it's different. And he yeah. came um, when he came to UK and he launched his home business and mm-hmm. um, he went on to um, actually launch a business that was now the aquatic centre where the Olympics was held in London. Oh, so he had a awesome. massive, yeah, so he had a massive um, land, piece of land, which he's actually bought in a deal for one pound. Mm-hmm. So that's like wow. two dollars. He literally bought it for two dollars, yes. and, and it was a piece of land that no one wanted because where the Olympics was held was actually uh, just an area in the UK, as you can imagine, it was yeah. widespread. It just was unused, and he built yeah. his business there. He was there for several years, and he made a successful business. And as a result of living that family in my family, everything was always discussed. If there were problems, they were always brought together as a family to discuss mm-hmm. it. And one, I remember being young and always being worried about certain things and about yeah. you know money because my dad would have a conversation with us and say that the business is not doing well. But then mm-hmm. I observed him go for a point where you know he's saying we haven't got any money, setting a plan, and then progressing and seeing things unfold and coming back and yes. saying he's got results or things are working well. We've got this, and I saw that so many times. So I mm-hmm. and that's what happens in life. I saw the kind of ups and downs, ups and downs, and you know years later I said you know you didn't even realize how you built my resilience in business through observing that because as a child I realized that I you know it's not kids don't worry about things they're sheltered from a lot of things by their parents because Mm -hmm. even though you know my dad will say it's going to be fine he didn't necessarily shelter it but after a while when my dad came with problems we realized oh you know it'll be solved just put a plan together you know, even when I remember when I started getting older, I'll be in meetings, listening. And mm-hmm. then afterwards, I start putting in points and stuff like that, because I started realising that I had a voice. So yes. um, I think that it's almost like I think I was just what a, what a lot of people do uh, after that accident. You know, you kind of just you you kind of just go into a, a roles that society and, you know, the societal roles that you are mm-hmm. kind of thrusted on you so I was thought you know go to university even though my dad didn't yeah. go to university, I did not even mm-hmm. follow his footsteps into kind of entrepreneurship you know yeah. I listened probably to a lot of outside influences in the media about going to university getting a job and I was kind of yes. on that kind of um, will and you know just going like you know a little rat kind of just yes. kind of going through <laughs> the motions having difficulties with managers being um overlooked not promoted not acknowledged and just accepting it and then I think I just had that moment where I had nothing to lose after as a result and I think that's what usually happens people say you have to hit rock bottom in order Mm -hmm. to move forward and I don't necessarily think I felt rock bottom mentally but Mm -hmm. I had an opportunity where I just felt the world was open up to me and I thought hey let me just do this it's something that I've always wanted to do um so I just decided to do it and I think as well the the moment that um probably having less fear because you've had been through a difficult moment you know when I got that exactly. phone call someone felt I said I was self-employed I could have thought no I need to get a job you know the job that they first gave me was only for three months you know and mm-hmm. then it obviously got extended with the client and I got other clients you know oh I could have thought be I could have been hesitant I probably would have been hesitant yeah. years ago but because I've been through such a difficult time I felt that I had 
a lot more it gave me one of the things it did is that it gave me a bit more resilience and I know that doesn't right. happen to other people a lot of people can go through incidents and you know they never come back from it but mm-hmm. um I think, yeah, a lot of the time it, yeah. it's about bringing the people around me. And I think the fact that um, I took, I almost felt that it was almost like a bit of a spiritual awakening. I kind of put a positive slant on it rather than thinking it, you know, why this happened to me. Yeah. I kind of thought, what have I got to learn from this incident? How can I move forward? Yeah. And I think it is really important about your mindset. And, you know, a lot of the time we can change the situation that we're in any difficult situation by changing how we perceive it and that's our gift and that's what we can do and even if it doesn't feel like you can move forward you have to have that mindset because if you don't if you kind of think negatively you're just going to stay where you are so you might as well just use the gift of your mindset and just constantly think positively because why think negatively just think positively and move forward and I think that that's what I that's the approach that I took well and what's interesting there's so many things that you said in there and one you know so one of those was parents really talking to their kids Mm -hmm. about what's going on and the plans Mm -hmm. that they're making because there's there's learning in that, right? And, and so you're right. We often shelter our kids and especially in families of color. We see that a lot here in the US. There's a big mm-hmm. movement around generational wealth, you know, and breaking yeah. generational, curses, generational curses and making sure that we are having those conversations about opportunity, about money, about working, about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And while parents, it's, it's the law of unintended consequences, right? Parents don't want kids to be worried. They, yeah. they want them to feel safe. But in that protective state, often you're shielding them so much from pain that you're also shielding them from opportunity to learn yeah. and see and gain that resilience. So that, and, you know, that idea of, of doing that. And then the other thing you talked about was, you know, not only that, that parental piece, but also taking into account you know, this thing happened, Mm -hmm. but how can I hear what they're saying? Just say yes. And then I'll figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's interesting what you're saying about um, people shielding their kids. Because one of the things that I think um, I learned about my dad, because my dad passed away, but one of the things that always Mm -hmm. resonated with me is that he is a person, some people step into, some people like, you know, normality and things yeah. just coasting. He saw that as opportunity. It gave him something to do. He was a leader. And sometimes that's a moment right. when you actually get into action. So at the time he may have been worrying it, but now on reflection, that was his moment that he enjoyed because he mm-hmm. enjoyed kind of those kind of opportunities to excel and to change his situation. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think that was something that, you know, even when my dad spoke, he was very confident. So he was never mm-hmm. like, oh, what are we going to do? There was no panic. There was always like, let's sit down, let's figure out a plan. And I think right. those are the lessons. So I think sometimes you, if there's a difference between sometimes people worrying their kids by burdening them with their problems. Right. And I think that is the difference. But the mm-hmm. what my dad did, he actually brought us into those conversations because he actually saw it as an opportunity to learn and for yes. us to, uh, you know, to understand what was going on. And he, in his way, he may have been worried. He might have had opportunities, you know, times where mm-hmm. he was really stressed out, but he didn't show that face. He showed the problem-solving, action-oriented person. And, right. you know, on the second point, yeah, I do think that it's really important, yeah, just to reframe how you think about um, certain situations. 
and um, step into different opportunities. So like you said, you know, I said yes to opportunity. And sometimes you have to let things unfold. You have to kind of believe in the situation. And I think, again, it's about the mindset and and, um, walking into that situation positively. And even if something makes you stumble, and that happens all the time, it's actually Mm -hmm. thinking, what can I learn from this? And what lessons have I learned? Seeing it as a learning opportunity. And I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do. When people stumble normally in life, they see it as, oh, this is absolutely terrible. This is devastating. Whereas I think a lot of entrepreneurs say, hey, you know, what has this taught me about my journey and where I'm going? And they gather that information and, you know, put in their little kind of, you know, but you know, imaginary rucksack, yes. and they take it with them. They take those lessons, and even in companies, when things go wrong, there's so many times where I've worked in companies when something hasn't gone wrong, and everyone scrambles. No one wants to discuss yes. it. And the most yeah. important thing is actually to reflect on it and actually say, yes. "What is this going to teach me? How am I going to prove?" And that's what inventors do. That's what some of the greatest thinkers yes. do. And that's what we need to use in our life and uh, in our everyday thinking um, to kind of progress and develop and to, yeah. Because I, I know my my dad always had this thing for us, proper prior planning prevents poor performance, right? The six okay, P's. And so, you know, and you you made that transition that I really wanted to, to take people in now is because we have folks who are, who are definitely doing the entrepreneur thing, but we also have folks listening who are in that career trajectory, right? And really want to stay in corporate. That's what they wanted to do. They really see that aspiration. And I always talk to my teams about, it is important to do a post-mortem, right? Here's, here's the thing we did. Here were the results. Mm-hmm. What went well, but what didn't go so well and why? Why didn't it go well? What did we learn? What did we not see the first time, right? And did we not see it because we weren't looking? Did we not see it because we didn't listen? Did we, what can we learn from that? Because that is what really supports innovation, failing fast, right? Let's talk about it, let's figure out what's going on. And asking other people around you, because sometimes even when you're having those internal dialogues, sometimes you, if you're working by yourself, you you have to do that self-reflection yourself. But if you have the opportunity of the team, asking people around you, just so that you Mm -hmm. eliminate those blind spots as well, because even in teams, a lot of people, like I say, you know, they don't have those discussions. Everyone runs away from it. But when you kind of open up the discussion, you have that bigger kind of collective intelligence on what actually Mm -hmm. happened and that's kind of what you need to get to Mm -hmm. well tell me you know as you think about the clients that you've been working with Mm -hmm. um, and you think about what we've been talking about so far right planning um, making sure people understand kind of what happens getting the experience to be able to build that resilience what are some of the key things that you have been talking to your clients about um, especially those who are trying to become right the next leader what are the things that you're seeing and what are the things that you're encouraging them to do and to learn to be able to move to that next step yeah so I do a lot of um, performance coaching with Mm -hmm. um, a lot of leaders and I think one of the things that's most important is and it's very ironic it's very similar to what I've discussed is feedback and it is really about being able to have that whole self-awareness in order to self-regulate and mm-hmm. um, I think one of the most important things is a lot of people don't necessarily want feedback. They don't want to hear the negative. But one of the things yes. that's really great is when you can actually have that transformation where you can get the feedback, you know, the negative mm-hmm. or the even the um, 
perceptions which are untrue Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people do have make assumptions about people find out what those are and you know you could do that through 360s but also just by constantly asking people being open to ask people but not people don't Mm -hmm. ask but I think it's really important that you do so that you get that feedback Um, and sometimes it's also very important to be a good receiver because sometimes you get that feedback and your back goes up but realize that's a person's perception and that might be because of something that happened last week it could have been something that happened last year it could be something that's personal to them but it's about analyzing that and saying that is a truth from that individual person and understanding that and then when you get multiple truths you understand that perception of you what you kind of Mm -hmm. what your strengths are also in and what you need to improve on so you know I say about improvement it's also really important to see what your strengths are because so many people that I've worked with they said you know I'm so shocked at the strengths that people had because um that people said I had because I didn't even know that you know I focused Mm -hmm. on the negative and I wanted to hear all the bad things they said but they've actually said all these strengths that I can build on and I think once you kind of understand that that is when you can move forward and I find that in a lot of organizations throughout my career that has been really one of the kind of um, ways in which people have developed Mm -hmm. in their careers. You know, so many people go on management development programs, they learn how to delegate, how to performance manage. But one of the most important things is just understanding how people think about you. Um, yes. and, it's, and it's really horrible to think oh hey I just need to understand, I need to care what people think you don't have to care but it's about being able to navigate in that because if people have some made assumptions about you that are mm-hmm. untruths then you can you know say for example, they think you don't um, lead, um, don't develop your staff or you're not doing right. well with your particular team then you know you know what when I go into meetings I need to shout about my team I need to say what yes. they're doing and then after a while, all those kind of assumptions or, you know, mm-hmm. untruths actually just kind of fade away. And if you do that regularly, then you're actually controlling your narrative. And, you know, we'll hear everybody right. talking about that. And that is about, and that's what um, individuals can do. You can control your narrative by understanding what people think about you. And, you know, if you have a few God, I love that. that you I have, love that. I'll, uh, yeah. before, so before you go on, I want you yeah. guys to have heard that. It is possible for you to control the narrative if you are open to receiving feedback, including negative feedback, so that you understand how to operate in the system where that feedback is happening. That is so powerful. Because as you said, we get these perceptions of people, we don't want to hear the negative or we're like, that's not true. And we just get, we get all upset and all frustrated as opposed to using that data as information to mm-hmm. inform behavior so that we can manage the narrative. That is so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. and I think that is so, that's something that I have observed. You know, so many leaders that I've worked with, they've gone on really expensive management development programs abroad mm-hmm. and, you know, they've gone to the bit best business schools. But the things that have really made a difference is just understanding yeah. things. Even very small things, you know, I was working for a client company where this person got feedback that people, that um, the staff, noticed that his shoes were always dirty in client meetings mm-hmm. and they felt embarrassed he then uh, tied up his shoes and that changed their perception because he took on the feedback they noticed it yes. there's all these little things it's not even about your behavior it could even be your dress you know it could yes. be something that you are just unconscious of that people have 
um, created a perception of you and you could just tweak mm-hmm. it. I've not even noticed it because you're not bothered by it. And if you yes. only know, I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to change it. And sometimes you don't have to take um, a lot of advice on. Sometimes you get the feedback and you actually, you have to be receptive to it, but you also have to be, um, especially as well um, with a lot of um, leaders that you um, yes. that I've worked with. Sometimes you may just be working with a very in a very negative and toxic leadership team, and there may be different agendas. But always mm-hmm. kind of believe that people assume positive intent and assume that this is this person's truth, and then kind of unpick it um, rather right. than saying, "Hey, you know, they don't like me," or it's the organization, or it's because of this. Right. Always kind of be open and receptive to it, and then actually then add the layer. Oh, actually, this might be the reason they said it because of this is happening in their life. Or that you know, you know, absorb the truths and then unpick it, and then kind of say what else is happening. Right. And I think that really does help. And and it's important to be self aware. Like, Right. In order to do that, you have to be really, really self-aware because, yeah. And then you can understand because I know, you know, I've been with me a long time. Right. I know me very well. And so there are things that that I know about myself that. I constantly work on, I'm constantly aware of, I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. Laurel, you know how these kind of situations and how that can show up and all these kind of things. And then there are other things that I'm like, you know what, but that's one that I'm not going to fix. I know I don't have a poker face. I don't have one. I'm not going to get one. I'm not going to do the work to get one. It is who I am. So there's some things that you will hear that are fundamentally who you are, that you are not willing to -hmm. change don't have the energy to change, or they're just not important enough for you to change. And that's okay. Just own that. Absolutely. And on the impact. So since I know I don't have a poker face, that means that I have to manage my words. I make mm-hmm. sure that the words I say and the way I say them don't necessarily reflect the look that's on my face, right? <laughs> so we have to know those things and then make conscious decisions about how we address the things that we hear. Yeah, and I think even the fact that you said that, if you were, for instance, to get feedback from people about that, you yes. could say it in the same way that you have, and people mm-hmm. know, oh, they're aware of this. This is just this person. That's how she is, and then that, and then people will adjust accordingly. You yes. know, people sometimes yeah. put a lot of um, they put a lot of weight on people's facial expressions. How yes. they act. when you say, hey, this is just me. So, oh, okay, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I remember my, um, my therapist who I I just love, we've been together forever. And I remember in my, our very first session, she said, so I, you know, one of the things that I always tell my clients is that I have very expressive facial expressions. Mm -hmm. I always do. And she said, and if there's anything that you see on my face that is confusing, please ask because Mm -hmm my face is expressive. And I remember thinking that is such a powerful thing, especially in a space like therapy, right? Where you really need to be in a safe space, depending on where you, why you're there. Um, there could be things that trigger for you just because of someone's facial expressions. And if you don't have permission, right. Mm -hmm. To say something, then it can really trigger something that's not intended. And so by getting feedback and by absorbing feedback, by understanding it, right, mm-hmm. by sitting with it, we can then address it. We can either address it up front, we can modify behavior, um, mm-hmm. or we can figure out how to do a combination of both so mm-hmm. that the task at hand mm-hmm. is still front and center. And the task at hand is not inadvertently impacted because of all this other stuff that has nothing to do with the task at hand. Yeah, 100%. Right? And because we've addressed it. 
And I love that, the fact that, you know, that happens to a lot of people in life, that, you know, they're going throughout their careers and they are, there's something that's happening, they're brushing people up the wrong way and they have no idea. But yes. then if it was like a therapist, they can say, you know, I've received feedback that sometimes I may, you know, be too expressive or sometimes yeah. I come across so aggressive or I don't smile, then people kind of then will um, take that into account or even dismiss mm-hmm. it when they see it. And then it just improves your relationships. And and that's just a power, that's such a powerful thing. And I think that especially one of the reasons why it's so important to get feedback and really build that self-awareness and why it's so powerful for leadership is because at the moment, so many people, you know, you can, everything's open. You can get your qualifications, mm-hmm. you can get all your badges and your certifications. You know, what really differentiates people is the ability mm-hmm. to kind of how they kind of interact with their teams, how they are in terms of their own personal self-awareness mm-hmm. and I think when you have more self-awareness that makes you more confident that helps yes. you to understand how people are going to react to you and it kind of allows you to kind of really kind of just go in the world with confidence because you have that knowledge so many of us are in the dark and you're going into work mm-hmm. and it just really just gives you that helicopter drone view of kind of your whole you know yourself and I think that's just yes. so powerful and when you have that real you know self-awareness and that's when you almost go through almost a personal growth, I think, you know, and yes. like you were talking about the fact that some people are uh, uh, navigating, you know, they're in their mm-hmm. maybe in employment and looking to do other things. And I think when you kind of understand yourself and, you know, that, you know, and you have that self-awareness, you understand people, mm-hmm. you can work more effectively with your teams. That is when you kind of think to yourself, hey, you know what, I'm going to start helping other people. Yes. And then you might actually then go into a leadership role or even a more leadership role. I always see that happening um, when mm-hmm. people kind of have that confidence um, and they even start their own businesses. And I think that happens right. um, to a lot of um, senior leaders and a lot of organisations that have access to a lot of those um, tools and you know they understand the the process you see I see a lot of similar leaders who have that um yeah who can you know they have that gift that they can do that whereas there's other people who in employees are in the dark it's almost that like you have a lot of self leaders who have all they get all the credentials they have all the um the tools that they they you know mm-hmm. some of it is to do with their upbringing as well they have all those tools that to navigate life whereas other people are in the dark and you know they yeah, yeah. They're well, so so as and this has been this has been so powerful because I think people that whole idea of self-awareness and mm-hmm. and planning and and really being willing to take all feedback and use it as a tool for growth what is you know, it, it, even in that, or maybe something adjacent to that, mm-hmm. what is another key piece of guidance that you would mm-hmm. give someone yeah, who is discerning right now? What and, to one do thing, and I think one of the things, just to pick up on what you're saying about, sure. you know, self-awareness and mm-hmm. planning and growth, one of the things that I find with a lot of people is you say, we use, use a lot of these words and people always think that it's something very difficult. They think, yeah, hey, yeah. you know, how am I going to plan? How am I going to approach it? And it really is just getting on a piece of paper and just coming up with ideas and then numbering them and putting them order. It could be something as simple as that. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that's really difficult. A lot of my planning I do on my phone. I just use the notes app and I just write lists. And I sometimes the, the plans hopefully not them over time I, I'm not gonna say right. plans, because I've got my I've got I mean I've got to a certain point right. where I kind of got very good at planning yeah. so 
I, I think it's just really about um, trial and error with a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. and, I, and, I, and I say that not to be condescending. I just find that some people just saying, you know, even when I talk to other business owners, they think, hey, you know what? How am I going to put this plan in place for my social media, for my business? And I say, yeah. it doesn't have to be like in an organisation. We see corporates with all these really convoluted plans and they think oh. it has to be like that. You know, just put pen to paper and just figure. Yes. Way. And it's really just, you know, people use the word strategy, but it's really just a plan of action, really. And yes, that's the simple. System plan of action and the simpler the better um, yeah. I remember when early in my career I see people like leaders they used to come up with these strategies with like 20 pages and then now it's kind of you know everyone would just wants it to be simple you know it doesn't have to be a roadmap because when it is right. too um, structured it's too fixed and you know as we yeah. can see the world is constantly changing so you can't really yeah. have that is constantly fixed um yeah. yeah but your other question is like what yeah. piece of advice I would give yeah. um I think really is um, one of the things that I find that a lot of people struggle with is really action so even mm-hmm. a lot of people listening they may say hey you know what I've reflected and you know I'm going to um, work on something that I've been challenged by or something that mm-hmm. I've held off you know they, they may even do that in work or in their personal life right you know hopefully I've inspired someone but you know even if I haven't yeah. <laughs> but they may <laughs> you know they want to um do, you know do something they haven't uh, but I think what usually happens with a lot of people is the thing that's really absent is the action part yeah and I find so many people and so many leaders and I work with a lot of people I could give them all the tools um, in my toolbox, everything. I could spend so much time with them Mm -hmm. and they don't necessarily act. And I think a lot of people know that, you know, people at different stages, you may, everyone probably has a family member who, you know, is constantly saying they're going to do something and they never do it. And you may even Mm -hmm. have very small actions that you're holding off. And I think one of the things that always I find is that is the failure to act. And, you know, we will have those moments, you know, I, I, I have those, like, I work as a training designer and I find that I will scope a design of a course and then sometimes mm-hmm. it would take me years well even like I say something that I've recently overcome yeah. it would literally sometimes take me three days to actually start creating yes. the design but now mm-hmm. I just kind of just really force myself immediately to get into it and get mm-hmm. into actual and then once I do it it just flows so you know we all have those moments but I think one of the yes. things that I would encourage people always to do is to act and if you don't act or you there's something that's holding you back really mm-hmm. thinking about why is it holding you back is it holding yeah. it back you back because you, you're not doing it because it's not important because a lot of people yeah. we make plans and it's really deep down maybe yeah. it's something that society wants to do maybe family expectations mm-hmm. there's so many reasons why we put plans in place but reason we're not doing it's because we don't really want to do it and if right. we don't really want to do it we have to find out what we want to do um there's yeah. so many different reasons why people fail to act yeah um and and yeah yeah I, I've literally got a, a, a list of reasons yeah. why people don't act actually I, yeah I developed a course around it actually so yeah. um no, that's yeah. awesome yeah because they as they say you know imperfect action is better than perfect inaction yeah. right yeah. just start just do something just take the first step and and understand if you're not why? I think that's so my, my favorite question is why, right? Yeah, absolutely. Claudine, this has been so incredible. And I think there's so many little nuggets in here for people, you know, simplicity, just make a plan. It doesn't have to be Peter Drucker's, you know, six yeah, month planning strategy, yeah. get a 
piece of paper and a pen, you know, being self-aware, being resilient, talking to people and not being so afraid to even talk to your children about how to plan and how to overcome things and, and issues yeah. and problems. You don't have to make them afraid, but you can make them aware. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate so much that you spent your time with us today on the Rutledge Perspective. And I am just so excited for people to listen to this. And for those of you who are listening, I will also be putting her, again, her longer bio there uh, in the show notes. Um, Please, if this has blessed you, there's some things in there that made sense to you, share it, let people know and and let us know, send a comment, let us know what you thought about it. Um, We'll make sure you have Claudine's contact information as well in the show notes uh, so that you can get in touch with her um, because I think she has some, some, it's not, I think, I know she has some exceptional, exceptional wisdom to share. So Claudine, thank you for being a guest on the show. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I think we could have spoken for another hour, but yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we'll so I will talk, but yeah. yeah, and we won't. We will just have to do it again so we can get the rest of the stuff in, right? <laughs> yeah, happy to do so. Yeah, I've really yeah. enjoyed our conversation. Awesome! Thank you so much, and we will see you guys next week. You have been listening to the Rutledge Perspective podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If we've given you a new perspective or helped you clarify your own, please leave us a review, send us your comments, give us a five-star rating. We take that information seriously and it helps us to decide what our next episodes will be. Now you can find more information about this and other episodes of the show on laurelrutledge.com. And you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow me on social media. And if there's someone that you think would enjoy or benefit from the Rutler's Perspective podcast, please pass it along.